Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Tuesday, July 6th, 2021. And not only were there fireworks this weekend, but I'm sure there were some last night as well. There were some big-time recruiting fireworks inside the Big Ten this weekend as well during the extended weekend. First off, I hope you had a fantastic fourth, a safe and happy one. Uh, obviously, it was nice to have a few warm, sunny days to enjoy the long weekend. And there were multiple schools that had a pretty good weekend as well. And... We'll start off with those commitments, and I'm not going to get really too deep into them because there was a lot of them. Like I said at the beginning, plenty of fireworks inside the Big Ten this weekend. Uh, one team in particular had a lot of action this weekend, but we won't start off with them. We're going to start off with a 2021 commit, and this one is big because JT Timolau, the Wisconsin I'm sorry, the Washington, not Wisconsin, the Washington uh, defensive lineman finally made a pledge. He had been waiting and waiting and waiting. He was one of the, I think he's one of the last, either the last top prospect in the 21 class uh, to commit. Uh, he made it very clear to all of the schools that were recruiting him that he wanted to take his visits, uh, something that the class didn't get to do, his whole class. The, throughout the whole uh, COVID-19 dead period, no one in his class really was able to take visits. Well, Timo Lau held out, held out, and held out, and on Monday, I'm sorry, on Sunday the 4th, boom, Ohio State. Pick the Buckeyes, and this is huge. He is highly regarded, uh, viewed as the number one player in the class by 247 Sports. Yeah, this is a big-time commitment for the Buckeyes. And the crazy part is is that uh, most likely he made his commitment And then, today is the first day of summer classes for the Buckeyes. He's probably on campus today. My guess is we'll uh, see some pictures of him on campus today. That turnaround is quick. He's going to get right to work. And this is a a pretty important uh, commitment for the Buckeyes because uh, matching him along with Jack Sawyer uh, gives them one of the best defensive lineman duos ever in the history of recruiting. I mean, granted, you know, these young men haven't done anything yet, but still impressive, still very impressive. Ohio State also got a commitment, a 22 commitment from Georgia wide receiver Kojo Antwi. Uh, This one's a big one too. I mean, you know, let's be real here. Ohio State, uh, not only do they have the number one class in the 2022 rankings, they're off to, uh, you know, the, the 21 rankings, you know, you might have to look back at that in a couple of years and say that was the best class as well. Uh, and, you know, they've already started to look at the 23 class as well. 
it's uh, it, it's it's looking good for the Buckeyes. They continually look good for the uh, you know, the flag bearer of the conference. Uh, the Illini got their in-state mojo back. Uh, they they went out and grabbed a couple of uh, out-of-state commitments for their most recent ones, but uh, Jared Batty decided that he wanted to stay. Uh, part of the reason why Batty wanted to stay was because he felt like uh, you know his his buddies and the close community they started to they started to make that move. And again, I'm I'm going to go back to the Lovey Smith days, and I'm going to continue to be harsh on how Lovey treated in-state Illinois prospects. He didn't care about them. It was stupid. Hands down. And if you look and see what Brett Bielema has done, and he hasn't even coached a game. He's already getting the young players in Illinois excited to play for Illinois. Yeah, it's, Champaign is not close to Chicago. Hour and a half to two hours away, depending on traffic. And with Chicago traffic, probably looking at two hours. If you're driving from the city. There was always potential for these young men to do that. But Lovey never really made inroads. It's a stark contrast between the two coaching regimes. And I will say this. I don't think it ends with just one class for Brett Bielema. I think he's going to be able to continue to recruit the state of Illinois highly. Highly. And there are a lot of players in the state that are more than worthy of playing Division I football, Power 5 football. And now they're going to get a chance to potentially do it for their home state school. Because, look, let's be real here. Not everybody is going to academically qualify to get into Northwestern. Northwestern, uh, they, they have different prospects that they go after. The Illini have a little, are a little bit looser with their academic stringence. I'm not saying that, you know, you can have a 2.0 GPA and, you know, a 20 ACT to get in. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, it doesn't need a 3334 ACT and a, and a 4.6 weighted GPA. Okay. That's it. Uh, the Illini also went to New Jersey and got offensive tackle Matt Frey's. Uh Great weekend for the Illini. Great weekend. Uh, again, uh, I think Brett Bielema really has this program on the upturn. And, again, they haven't even coached a single game yet. Very impressive. Uh, Indiana went out to Florida and grabbed cornerback James Mont the third. Look, the Hoosiers, again, uh, I, I love what Tom Allen's doing. I think that the program is on the rise. I think we're seeing a lot of Big Ten programs on the rise. I think that there's going to be some shift a little. Uh, we've already seen Indiana really kind of, you know, try and pry their way in to that upper echelon of the conference. The key for the Hoosiers now is that they're going to have to have that consistency. You know, last year was a pretty damn good year for them, but it was a short year. It's that COVID shortened year. They're going to have to put together multiple, multiple 
years where that they are one of the better programs in the Big Ten. Because we've seen teams have that flash in the pan year. You know, Minnesota had it a few years ago. Uh, Michigan State had a, a stretch. You know, Purdue in the early 2000s had a stretch. But where are those schools now? You know, Minnesota is, is solid, but you don't know what to expect, especially after last year, a disaster year for P.J. Fleck. You know, Purdue, you know, they had that stretch, but they couldn't sustain it. Michigan State, same thing with D'Antonio. They had that stretch, but couldn't sustain it. That's the key. It's the sustained success. Can Indiana do that? They continue to recruit the way they're doing. I think they have a solid chance. They're also going to have to keep Tom Allen around for as long as possible. But a nice grab getting a Florida cornerback James Mons the third. Michigan State added a Florida corner as well in at a Willie. Again, you know, the transition for Mel Tucker. Well, we'll see how this turns out, but, uh, you know, they're working. They're working. Uh, another Florida prospect uh, committed to a Big Ten school, but a different uh, Michigan school. And this one goes to the Wolverines in defensive end Mario Eugenio. Uh, Eugenio is uh, viewed as one of the better prospects uh, in the country at his position, uh, a top 300 guy. So a solid grab for Michigan. And then they also went into Idaho and grabbed tight end Colston Loveland. Uh, Loveland is viewed as the best player in the state. However, um, you know, Idaho really doesn't produce many high-end football players. Uh, so we'll see how that, you know, the, the transition from Idaho football to a uh, big-time Big Ten football, uh, how Loveland is able to make that transition when he arrives on campus. I teased this a little bit earlier in the show. There's one school that had a ton of fireworks, and it was Penn State. Multiple commitments for the Nittany Lions this weekend along the defensive line. Really, it was all on the, all about the defense for James Franklin and company this weekend. Florida defensive lineman Zane Durant. In-state defensive end Tyrese Fearberry. New York defensive end Caleb Artis. In-state linebacker. Keon Wiley, and Juco linebacker J.B. Nelson, all pledged to the Nittany Lions this weekend. And what we saw in 21, I think, in my estimation, and what we've seen from James Franklin while he has been at Penn State, is recruiting from last year was an aberration. It really looks like that is the case. It really looks like there were just, you know, I I can't even pinpoint it. There's not much you can. I mean, you know, after the season, you know, James Franklin came out and said that that COVID really affected his everyday life, uh, mostly because he was away from his family. All of the Penn State coaches opted to, you know, take the season off away from their families. And especially Franklin, you know, he came back and said, look, you know, my wife, my children, they're my rock. That's how he relaxes and resets and is able to, you know, get back to what 
he needs to. And he didn't have them. He didn't have that. And I think that that alone really kind of threw a wrench into the whole program. Because, look, when your leader isn't comfortable and not doing the things that he needs, he or she needs to do, it trickles down. And I think in this situation, it trickled down a lot. And when you look back, and we are going to, when you look back and look at the 21 class for Penn State and the 21 season, I think we're going to look at this and say it's just an aberration. Because the Nittany Lions are recruiting at a high level again. Uh, I'll update the recruiting rankings tomorrow. And I think on the field, they're going to, things are going to turn around for them as well. So a very big weekend for the Nittany Lions over the 4th of July. Purdue also uh, got a commitment over the weekend, and that was Louisiana wide receiver Curtis DeVille. Um, I just don't know what the hell's going on with Jeff Brom. Uh, you know, there's a decent amount of talent in state in Indiana. You know, the Hoosiers, I think, uh, with with what Tom Allen has been doing, uh, he likes to, you know, go after, you know, some other guys that aren't necessarily in the state. Although the, the McCullough family is, uh, you know, all kind of moving and trending towards that direction. Uh, there's some solid players in the state. I wouldn't say that it's as high-level state as it is in, uh, you know, some some of the neighboring ones, as, you know, in Illinois, Ohio. Uh, you could even go and venture, say, Michigan. But there's some solid football there. And, uh, you know, they it just it boggles my mind why Purdue continues to leave the state and uh, try to go after guys that don't even have other Power 5 offers. You can stay at home. You know, that, that's, that's kind of, it's very similar to the Lovey Smith situation. You know, what Lovey didn't do in the state really ended up biting him after a little while. You're going out and just kind of grabbing whatever, as opposed to, look, let's make our base in-state, and if we can't find the players that we're looking for, then we go out of state. I just don't know what Purdue's doing. I don't know. I really don't. It's confusing to me. I don't know how much longer Jeff Brom's going to be around, to be honest with you. And it's crazy to think that because, you know, early on in his tenure with Purdue, there were you know, other teams that were knocking on the door trying to hire him. We didn't hear about any of that over this past offseason. His name really didn't come up. I think the industry as a whole kind of cooled on him. He needs another big season. He needs to show people why everyone thought of very highly of him a few years ago. Because right now, it's different. It's not like that. So, we'll Keep monitoring what Purdue's doing, but you know, I, I, I question a lot of things that they're doing right now. I really do. Uh, Rutgers, that's a team that I'm not really questioning right now because I think Greg Shell is doing an absolutely fantastic job. The results might have not been there on the field, but 
what he has been doing is he's identifying in-state and local talent and getting them to stay home. Getting another commitment from a local player and defensive back, Davison Igbenosen. Igbenosen had multiple offers, big-time offers. You know, He had a Notre Dame offer. He had other big-time offers. Shiano got him to stay home. And that's, again, very similar to what I just spoke about with Bielema, with Brom. The teams that identify the local talent and get them to stay, create that pipeline, gives it that pipeline feel. Kind of put a little bit of pressure on those local kids to say, hey, man, you don't need to go anywhere. You can play in front of your family, in front of your friends, for a solid program. The NFL is going to find you. If you're good, I mean, at any level, even at the D3 level, if you're good, the NFL is going to find you. So when you have an opportunity to stay home and to make an impact, Make an impact on your community as well. Just makes so much sense. Really like this pickup for Rutgers. Uh, one final commitment from the weekend, and that goes out to the Badgers. Uh, went down south of state, uh, grabbed Austin Brown, the defensive back. Uh, he is not a, like, Johnson City, I believe, is where he's from, is way down south. And you know, he's a guy that, to me, uh, is a great pickup. You know, this is the kind of old-school Wisconsin pickup that Brett Bielma used to get. You know, a guy that kind of flies a little bit under the radar, but is damn good. And I think that a lot of people in state, uh, me, me as well, uh, when I saw that Brown was, uh, you know, making his commitment, I I just almost assumed that he was going to go to Illinois. Uh, he surprised many by picking Wisconsin. And I think that uh, when you go back and think about this, this is a good, a great pickup for the Badgers. And uh, I think that Paul Chris will be very happy uh, when Brown arrives on campus. A couple things on the basketball side of things, and uh, some of them have to do with the draft. There's a weird transfer and a commitment for the Illini. We'll start off with uh, the draft information, and that is Maryland and Aaron Wiggins. Wiggins will stay in the draft. He is going to keep going. Uh, no Kofi Coburn situation here. He is not going to enter the portal. Wiggins will just stay in the draft. Uh, and continue his basketball career as a professional. Michigan, however, this is a this is a very interesting story here. A uh, guard, Devonte Jones, had been going through the NBA process. He opted to pull out of the draft, and now, on top of that, he, like Coburn, had entered the transfer portal. And he is transferring. Going to Michigan, the Coastal Carolina guard opted to get out of the NBA draft. He's going to finish his career up in Ann Arbor. And Juwan Howard just continues 
to do very, very well. I'm, I'm just so impressed with what he has done. And I'm not the only one impressed because over the offseason, his name got floated around for potential NBA jobs. I think we're going to continue to hear this over and over and over again. I do think at some point in time, Howard will leave his alma mater and jump to the NBA. When? I don't know. I think he's still got a few things that uh, he'd like to check off in Ann Arbor. Uh, Specifically, a national championship. I'm not saying that if he wins one, he's going to bolt immediately. I think he might let it run out a couple of years, see if he can build a little dynasty up there. But he's got a lot of pieces. He's got a lot of good things going on there. And, you know, this is, it. you know, a guy like Jones, who has NBA aspirations, who's good enough to get invited to the NBA draft combine, et cetera, et cetera. It's a good player and a good pickup on the transfer portal for the Wolverines. The Illini went into Ohio uh, and grabbed guard Sincere Harris. Uh, Harris preps at uh, St. Vincent St. Mary. It's a you know it's a high school that I think a lot of us are familiar with. There, there's a certain basketball player that went to high school there that uh, is pretty damn good, pretty good. Yeah, and uh, that program has. Uh, I wouldn't say since LeBron was there, it was good. I think the program was pretty in good hands before. I mean, obviously LeBron elevated it to a, a level where everybody knows St. Vincent, St. Mary, but I think that, you know, it's still a good program and they continue to produce very good players. Uh, he's not the only good player that has come out of the school. Uh, he's the biggest impact player that has come out of the school, but uh, there are plenty of other good players that come out of St. Vincent St. Mary, and Harris is another one of them. Uh, I think that the Illini did a good job. Brand Underwood did a good job of, of recruiting him uh, and kind of, I wouldn't say stealing him away from other Big Ten programs, but stealing him away from other Big, pro, Big Ten programs. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a very good commitment for the Illini and Brad Underwood, and uh, you know they should be very happy with uh, how that played out for them. And that's it. I told you, there's a lot going on. Lots of fireworks over the weekend, and uh, that is it for me. So um, you know, I appreciate the listen. Uh, once again, uh, you know, thank you for, for you know, listening, and, uh, you know, I really hope you had a great holiday weekend. I know you, uh, you probably... Not that happy about going to work back today. I don't think a lot of us are, but uh, once again, uh, thank you. I, uh, I I really appreciate it. Um, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Tuesday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.